One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Watching the Tudors. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the show where we rewatch every episode of The Tudors and talk about what was true, what was dramatic license, and what's just completely made up. So we are now on season two, episode eight. Oh, and I should say, I have another podcast, the Renaissance English History Podcast that I've had for almost nine years now. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be fun to go back and rewatch The Tudors and just kind of revisit it all because... You can never revisit the Tudors that much, can you? I guess not. <laughs> and why do you want to do this? Um, and I'm just doing this to, to learn, easily learn about some of the history that my wife loves so much. <laughs> so it's easy, easily palatable in television show form. <laughs> so you can learn more about the other aspects of Tudor England that I podcast on. I just reached my 100th episode. Wow, that's exciting. I know it is. Um, at englandcast.com. And you can learn more about us at watchingthetutors.com. And so the way we work this is we kind of just jump right into questions. You ask me questions about what happened, and I talk about it. And we'll give our little spoiler alert. So if you so- don't know everything there is to know about this, you might learn something that you didn't know. Yeah. So we assume that you've watched it and... We assume that you know roughly the story of Henry VIII and how many wives he's had. Spoiler alert, six. Wow. Did you not know that? No, I just, I don't know. Okay, cool. Not necessarily. All right, cool. So let's just hop right on in. There was a lot of drama in this episode. There was, there was a lot happening. I was was. commenting about how some episodes just seem like, you know, a a discussion that's drawn out into a whole episode. And this just seemed like all of these historically poignant, you know, events happening one (laughs) after the next, after the next. (laughs) So... And it was also quite hard to watch at the end because we lost a child. It was very, it was very difficult to watch. Very hard to watch I have that. In my for notes us. that watching a miscarriage is difficult. Yes, yes. especially when you've had them. Yes. Yes. So, um, props to Natalie Dormer <laughs> for her acting there. Yeah, and I'm glad our, you know, fate did not rest. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it must be tough to go through a miscarriage knowing knowing that, that you're probably going to die. That yeah. Yeah. Well, you think about her, you know, we'll see it in the next couple of, of episodes. You think about her when she was in the tower, like she's going to be arrested in a couple of months. And you just think about how horrible it must have been for her, like having lost these children and still her hormones are probably completely out of whack mm-hmm. and not healed from that. And then and your husband's moving on to, he, to the new chick and you're and, about to lose your head. Yep. Not a good time. Anyway, so let's jump in. All right. So there was a scene at the beginning where whoever it was, Jane, I think Jane Seymour, when she was coming to court, uh-huh. she was just walking through some building yeah. in court where there was a bunch of men <laughs> shoving papers around on tables. And I just right. wondered like what that could have possibly been. Like, I, yeah, it just well, seemed like a strange scene. Court is wherever the king is, right? And with the king travels a retinue of lots of different people and the business of the court goes with the king. So it's not as if you can email stuff to each other. 
So you have to have all of your clerks around you for your proclamations and for the, you know, the, the things that would come to the king would be the king's justice petitions. If there was um, land disputes amongst nobles, for example, if there was stuff going on in the, in the countryside with the sheriffs or, you know, things like that, there'd be a lot of justice kinds of things. There'd be a whole system of rewarding people who supported you and the patronage that would go along with being a king. There'd be little admin things like who's arranging the next, the, the, the court didn't stay still because you couldn't, you physically could not have that many people with no running water and no toilets and food the, at the amount that they ate in one place longer than a couple of weeks or a couple of months, right? So you're constantly making arrangements for like, where's the next part of the court going to go? Where are we going to move to next? And just the daily running of the castle and paying people and, you know, making sure that at the people who are supposed to have apartments at court got the right apartments. And, you know, all that kind of stuff took like people to run it, you know, and then you've got like, relationships with the merchants and the, the Lord Mayor of London and the the um, clergy and all that kind of like, it took a lot of people to. So that's basically that scene was like our House of Representatives, Senate, Supreme Court. It's, it's like the that. administrative offices of every one of those offices. All exactly. Thrown together. Yeah, so they pushed around a lot of parchment. Nice. Is it a common practice to bring in the new girl, like to be a part of court? Yeah, so this wasn't exactly honest because Jane had been at court. So she wasn't, she was at court under Catherine of Aragon. So that. He didn't discover her and then bring her in. No. Something happened when he was, you know, in theory, when he was on that trip and he wound up at Wolf Hall. He got close to her. Mm -hmm. Um, But he she had been there before and she was there. Like she took this playbook of courting him the way she is right out of seeing what Anne Boleyn did. Cause she was there. Like she was a lady in waiting with Anne Boleyn. So um, this isn't, I, I mean, I think normally a King would choose his mistress from the ladies at court. Cause it was convenient. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, who else is he going to meet? It's not yeah. like he's going to meet meeting girls all the time at clubs. Right. Something. Exactly. So um, okay. yeah. That's that's that. And then and Anne, like, as you mentioned, Anne was already part of court, mm-hmm. like when he was falling for her. Exactly. And did did other kings do? I mean, I, I guess I, I was wondering if other kings did this bringing their mistress in, but I guess Henry didn't do that here, personally. Right. Yeah, and you know, with, in general, the, the mistresses would come from. From court, mm-hmm. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where he would. Like, that's where he's meet meeting someone. them. Yeah. And then did Jane and Anne kind of both know what was going on? Yeah, like they both knew that Jane was the next Anne. Yeah, and there's a story. Well, I mean, I think had Anne given birth to a son, it would have been very different. Yeah, you it know. probably would have been, she would have been the official mistress and exactly. Anne would have been the queen and it would have been sort of they would have just traditional type. Yeah. Um, but there is a story of her coming and serving Anne and having a jewel that had like a portrait of the king in it or it was, and Anne ripped it off of her neck and was like, you know, you can't wear that here and like ripped it. And so it, it was, you know, it was common. And a lot of times, you know, you have stories 
of mistresses who stay very prominent for long periods of time. I think it was Edward III. I'd have to fact check this, but I think I'm pretty sure it was Edward III had a mistress for uh, gosh, like 30 years. And there are other ones like John of Gaunt with Catherine Swinford. She was his mistress and then eventually became his wife after his wife died. And that's where the whole Beaufort Tudor line comes from through that. But, um, you know, you look at some of these people where the, there was a secure wife and the wife knew she was secure and she'd born sons and done everything that a queen is supposed to do. And then the king had his little, you know, fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there are times where, you know, people, oh, the reason I say that is because with, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Edward III, his mistress, she got really powerful and people were like, um, you know, kind of coming to her for favors and all this kind of stuff because it was just known that that she could hand out favors and she had the king ear and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it would become public and people knew and everything. Okay. Yeah. So then there was the, another scene with Catherine uh, talking about Catherine. Was was there anything to Catherine potentially being poisoned? Uh, you know, that's something that's come down through the ages because she did have a, a black heart in the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. So it, it's been something that people have speculated on. Um, in, in Alison Weir's historical fiction book on Anne Boleyn that came out last year, she actually really, really hinted that George did it. Um, I don't, I don't think they, they did, mm-hmm. but you know, that would have, that would have been such a big gamble, especially at, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see them having done that. Yeah. Especially because they were, like, I don't like the way George is portrayed in this that much because they were quite religious. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that poisoning a queen would be something that they would want to do. Okay. Yeah. But somebody else might have, for sure. And who knows? And then also, did Henry, like, kind of back off the whole monastery thing and, you know, try and become friends with this Spanish king? Once Catherine was dead? He did try to become friends with the Spanish king. He kept on the disillusion of the monasteries because they had money and he wanted money. Okay. But he did try. That was the whole thing. As soon as she died, the first things he said were, thank God we are now free from all threat of war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the a lot of people have also said that Anne's downfall was a change in forward policy, that the king no longer had a reason to dislike the empire they could be friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very pro-French and the em- the emperor hated her having been there and everything like that. So yes, he did try to arrange something with, with the emperor. Okay. And then do you know, and maybe this is just a dramatic thing for future episodes, but do you know like the significance of when Cromwell met with the king? The king said, oh, you know, I heard you have a son and a, a wife, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should bring them to court. I'd love to meet them. Do, yeah. do you know what, what that was about? Or is I it- think it was just kind of humanizing Cromwell. And also, we're going to get in the whole relationship between him and Anne here is he's the one plotting her downfall. Uh-huh. And I think it's interesting to to put this in here that he has a wife and daughters who died and a son. And, you know, he he's familiar with loss and he's familiar with love and, and all of it. He's not just this stone man. Yeah. And yet he can plot like the whole, like Henry, I, I believe Henry gave the orders, but he said to Cromwell, figure out a way to do this. And Cromwell saw what had happened to Woolsey for not being able to figure it out. And yeah. he, and also he, he pretty much had to, and we'll talk about this more, but he pretty much had to get rid of Anne it was going to be between the two of them. Yeah. 
and, you know, just showing that he is a human and, and he's not just this stone person and he can still do this. I think it was partially why it was, why okay. that was done. And how did his daughters die? Do, they, we, do we know that? Yeah, they died of the sweating sickness. And we talked about the sweating sickness in season one when Anne yeah. Boleyn got it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, right. it was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And, then and I was, think it took his wife at the same time, too, because he had a... I'm just trying to remember. I don't know. His wife did die, too. I'm not sure if it was mm-hmm. with the daughters or separate. All right. So then the French king shows up at the Pope's <laughs> yes, place. Yes, he does. After apparently doing a pilgrimage. Yes. Did he or and or did kings do pilgrimages? Yeah, they could do pilgrimages. Um, Henry took a couple of pilgrimages before he dissolved all the monasteries and was done with that. Um, <laughs> there was nothing left to go to pilgrimages. Right. But he, there's r- records of him having gone to the Shrine of Walsingham, the Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham. Uh, I, I think it's in Norfolk. That was a shrine for particularly for women and childbirth. And it was supposedly, it's actually a really interesting story. The woman who built it, it was built even before the conquest. So I think it was like 1065, 64, right before the conquest. This woman who was a widow and who owned the land had a dream that God wanted her to build an exact replica of where Jesus was born. So she built what, and God told her in the dream what to build. And so she built this shrine that was an exact replica of where Jesus was born. And people would go there and pray for childbirth and safe delivery and fertility issues. Catherine of Aragon went there, um, lots of things. But the deal was pilgrims would go and walk the last mile or two miles, something of it barefoot. And Henry did that after the birth of, he had a son and the son didn't live, uh, but the son died. The son lived for like seven weeks. And Henry went in between in the period there to give thanks for the birth of his son to Catherine of Aragon. This was in 1511, something like that, way before this show starts. Um, but that I can only imagine, you know, then his son died, and then he wasn't able to have children with Catherine after, until Mary, and then nothing after that. I can only imagine the kind of feeling of satisfaction that he had signing that disillusion, like, yeah, so much for you. Taking that one down. Yeah. So he did, he did go on pilgrimages like that. And that would have been common for, for kings to do. And especially if you could, you know, if you could go to Rome and the Europeans, it was a little bit easier for them to do that. Yeah. So that France guy really seemed to be kissing up to the Pope. Yeah. And see, I think this timing is interesting because Henry wasn't excommunicated until 1538. And that was what they talked about here that, you know, would that Henry was going to become separate from Christendom. And that meant that France could invade. And France did invade later with an armada that's actually larger than the Spanish armada. And that's the battle where the Mary Rose sank. People might have heard of the Mary Rose ship. And it was in that battle with the French armada when they invaded. Um, But that wasn't at this point yet. And even before that, the French were pursuing an alliance with the Ottoman Turks, which was much to the distress of all of Christendom that France was going to like do stuff with the heathen Islam people. Mm-hmm. And they had a trade agreement in 1536, I think it was, with the Turks. And then all of this stuff with Henry being excommunicated happened after that. I think really France was always trying to play. You know, there were these, there was this triangle of England, France, and Spain, the em- the empire. And then the Pope was in the middle there and everybody was trying to play everybody off, right? And so if you could have, you know, if you could have France buddying up to the Pope and isolating 
Spain, Mm -hmm. that would be good. Or if you could have Spain and France isolating England. And, you know, this was just one of the many little moves that they would do to try to see who could they isolate and what kind of land could they get and stuff like that. So that, that would have been what he was doing when he invaded, but it all happened later. Okay. Okay. So, so it did. So, yeah. So it was kind of true, but it was like funny timing. How yeah. They portray it all. Yeah. So then there was a scene with the Boleyns discussing the Seymour family. Mm-hmm. Like, would that have been kind of a conversation that would have actually taken yeah. place? I mean, people sort of worrying about their place and the mm-hmm. positioning and. And especially for sort of a family plotting. like the Boleyn, that they knew how they got there. And so they would right? like plot and position sort of against. And the Boleyns gosh. had a real problem in that they had alienated so many people on their way up. And so, you know, there were there were a lot of people who were very supportive of Jane as an alternative to Anne. You know, I, I think they probably would have been worrying about it and seeing what could have come of it. It's and, just amazing, like the, the positioning, like the. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that everyone wants to get get in just right. It's yeah. It's it's, it's and especially just, for, you know, for somebody like the Boleyn family who came up, it's not like Catherine of Aragon, who is a princess. No, for sure. I mean, that's how they got, like, that's their, yeah. pro- that's their kind of professional job. Yeah. It somehow reminds me of reality TV personalities these days. Yeah, for sure. Or like, it's like, okay, you get your time on screen and then you got to position yourself. To launch to, your to, brand. To, yeah, to have a lasting brand. So you want to, you know, be crazy and stick out, but you don't want to like upset too people crazy. too, uh, too yeah. much. And you don't want to pick any bad enemies, you know, exactly. make friends with the right other kind of reality TV people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Spain. Did Spain end up asking the Pope for leniency on Henry's behalf, like yeah. when the, the, the two sides were sort of, you know, uh, bargaining. Right. Guess, if you will. And of course, we had just seen this excommunication scene. And maybe that's yeah. why they put that earlier, because there was some talk in Spain about, you know, we can I be see, friends to sort now of and line everything up. Yeah, it was happened in different years. Yeah, because this this was before the threat of excommunication was always hanging over Henry. But it wasn't carried out until later. So, you know, two two years after this, two and a half years after this. So I there was some talk about, you know, maybe we can all be friends again and you can come back into the fold. And at this point there was still the idea that if Anne's gone, maybe the whole country will come back to being Catholic. You know, everyone will just kinda this this whole thing will just blow over. Exactly. Like this was just a phase he went through. (laughs) Just a thing. We can all be friends now. (laughs) Right. But the problem is Henry had unleashed you know, it's pos- It's really possible if you hadn't had the dissolution of the monasteries and the money coming in, if you hadn't had Cromwell, if you hadn't had... Yeah, no, I mean, know, well, yeah, once, like, things are set in motion... And, and you can't unset that. You can't say just sorry and, like, unsmash up all the monasteries yeah, and... exactly. So get, I think... Get the hired thugs to give back all the... All the gold. Jeez. Yeah. Yep. And then did Spain actually ask the king to make Mary the the rightful heir yeah, over that Elizabeth. Was, they were trying to do some demands with that. Yeah. Okay. So that all came from real stuff. And and did they ever did he ever do that? Like at any point was no. Mary the official heir? No. Even after after Mary was reunited with him and they became friendly again, she became back in the line of succession. But by that point he had had a son so she came after the sun. Yeah. So by the time, yeah, it didn't yeah. Even matter. Was it really Henry Norris who injured the king or do we know? Yeah, I don't think we know. And 
I think they would have put that in there as kind of dramatic license. But none of the none of the original sources that we have talk about who it, who it was. We know that in Henry had a really bad accident in 1524 and it was Charles Brandon I believe that did that was part of that one. Uh-huh. And he vowed that he was never going to joust against the king again. Yeah. He felt so horrible. Uh, so I, I don't think that we know all of the original sources just talk about that yeah. the king had a fall. We would think if, blah, blah, if blah. they knew that would be something they would probably include. Exactly. Okay. I mean, and I'm sure it's in the record somewhere we could find it, but it's not part of... Part of the story. Right. Okay. And it seemed like things would have probably gone better for Anne had Henry died. I mean... Well, again, if well, I guess she not, had given birth were, to a son. Yeah. Yeah, be, if, she well, had if, a lot of enemies. Yeah, I think yeah. they would have. What would have happened is they would have brought Mary back and made Mary. Yeah, the, so it, it wouldn't have necessarily. I mean, she probably. Yeah, she probably wouldn't have lost her head when she did. Right. But it probably wouldn't have been a whole lot better. No. Especially because she's been making enemies. Like. Yeah. Well, you all saw how she place. treated Mary and everything like that. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because so I mean, if Mary comes it, back. As, as much. It's in, it's just interesting because for me, being someone. Who knows nothing about any of this history? Yeah, like it just—it's it, like hard for me to imagine what this show is going to be about once Anne is gone, because it kind of seems like the Anne show. Yeah, like I mean, it—it it all kind of starts with like, oh, Henry's in love with Catherine, and then and then Anne comes on the scene. It's just sort of yeah. like that's like the first thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess what I think is interesting for me is sort of getting lost in who these characters are unrelated to mm, Anne. Mm-hmm. And, and why I say that is like with Mary, like I forget. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That she's like the... the like the queen. I mean, she's yeah. like the oldest living heir yeah. of the king of yeah. England. Like, and because Anne just kind of writes her off and just wants her out of there and just yeah. thinks, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get my way. She's going to be nothing. Maybe we can kill her. Maybe we, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, like, she's yeah. like the, the queen. I mean, yeah. and like, they don't know it, but she's the future queen. Yeah. Like, and she's going to be queen over your Elizabeth. And yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see <laughs> just, the Tudors well, post Anne. Yeah, it's, a, it's. I wish they wouldn't have, you know, they just take it up to Henry. So you never see Mary becoming queen. You yeah. Know, you yeah. never see Well, except Elizabeth. For that we watched that movie with Mary. Yeah, we watched that Elizabeth movie, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm messing things up just slightly by adding to my historical knowledge other than out of by the out of order (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Yeah, no, I mean I think that they probably would have tried to have. I think I don't know. Like this is not being an expert in this, but I'm guessing that they probably would have had Anne stay around really active until they saw whether she gave birth to a son or not. Because if she would have given birth to a son, then that would have been everybody could rally around a son. Uh Nobody was going to rally around an infant 
or, you know, what she was like, not even three yet at this point, nobody was going to rally against a two and a half year old or around a two and a half year old Elizabeth at this point when there was a a teenaged Mary, Mary, Mm -hmm. who there was no doubt about her legitimacy at all. Yeah. And, you know, she would have been somebody that could have, and you see it later after Edward, her brother Edward died, there was the whole drama where Edward tried to make Lady Jane Grey his heir. Lady Jane Grey was the cousin who was a Protestant. And even England by that point was Protestant, mostly, Mm -hmm. but they knew it was Mary's right. Like they knew, and she was charismatic enough. You don't see this in movies that often. She was charismatic enough. She rallied. Mary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mary, she rallied troops to support her cause. Yeah. And she got these protestants fighting for her and you know joining up and saying we're going to fight for your right so i think people probably would have rallied against her but there probably would have been a waiting period to see what happened with anne if she gave birth to a son yeah because that son would have trumped everything then okay so this accident henry yes this was the accident this was a big deal huh it was a pretty big deal yeah there's there's a lot of different reports that you read about was it as a serious deal was it not um and a lot of people get confused there with that 1524 accident as well, which wasn't that big of a deal. Um, This one, he was unconscious, his horse landed on him. And many people like Susanna Litskin actually wrote a book called 1536, the year that changed Henry, basically, because it everything changed for him after this. This mm-hmm. is where we start to see him really become the nut job tyrant that he become. We haven't seen it that much. Wow. Of, you know, he's been a king. And he's been acting like a king and acting like somebody who gets his way and is petulant and stuff. <laughs> I just, um, I'm kind of like, I'm a little shocked. Like, this is like the... This is the, the tame the, one. The well-behaved Yeah, enemy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it all gets unleashed. I mean, wow. well, he kills... It's the first time a queen has ever been killed. You know, Anne never... Anne didn't suspect she was going to lose her head. It never happened. And even... This is just this is You look much. in the past, Eleanor of Aquitaine literally rebelled against her husband, literally <laughs> yeah. gave money to the people who were rebelling against her husband. Right. She got sent to a, she got sent to a nunnery, you know, and like, what did Anne do? Anne didn't give yeah. birth to a son. She, not, she played hard to get. Yeah. Like, like she's not going to lose her head over that. She could, you know, how, who could imagine dude. that? So yeah, this is, this is where Henry and yet also the, the ulcer on his leg never heals. Um, yeah. He's in pain for the rest. There's talk of maybe blood poisoning and, you know, brain damage and lots of stuff out of this accident. This, this changed him. I don't know, man. <laughs> this guy's too much. Yeah. You have uh, that written there. This guy is a joke down there. Yeah. This guy is a joke. Well, that's, I mean, just, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So did Anne really walk in on, the yeah. King and his girlfriend Jane Seymour making out. Well, she was on his lap. Okay. And I do, again the timing is it, I don't think it was in between the jousting accident and her miscarriage because there was only 5 days in there and she everybody said her miscarriage was because she was upset at the jousting accident. I think it was earlier in January that she walked in on him. Okay. The jousting accident was the 24th. She miscarried on the 29th. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would have been something for him to have her on his lap. Yes. Within five days of the jousting accident. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yes, but, she did walk she, in she on that. She did walk in and see And that. Henry, Henry appeased her so much. He like... He didn't even, it wasn't like in this, he was like, Jane, I think you should go. And, and he, I'm sure he was, you know, 
yeah. pushed her out. But he was like, you know, she means nothing to me. You know, don't even stress yeah. about it. She's just she's nothing. Eye, I swear. Yeah. And he really covered the whole thing up as well as he could. And and then and it did kind of uh, scare Anne. That was when mm-hmm. she really started kind of realizing that there could be something to this. Yeah. And that uh, combined with the locket that, that she wore. And then, as we said before, it was really hard to watch a miscarriage. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> and I said that Henry really needs to get a hold of his life. Henry, what does that mean? I mean, it's just, it's all, it's just all going to hell, man. I mean, he's like falling off his horse. He's like dating the new girl. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. He's just, and then there's like a meeting he could go to. I know he needs some, he needs some sort of meeting, a 12, 12 step meeting for, for crazy tyrant. (laughs) Are you a crazy, I could just say, hi, I'm Henry. I'm a crazy tyrant king. Yeah. Hi, Henry. Hi, Henry. <laughs> so this year I killed my wife. I also <laughs> killed my best friend from childhood, who was my tutor. I also killed a really important bishop. And I had a really bad jousting accident. I really feel like I'm losing control of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't and I can't quit getting new girlfriends. <laughs> um, my daughter I, hates I, me. I, I dissolved. I, I dissolved, dissolved the, the national, yeah, world religion because you know I I wanted to marry this girl. She said she wasn't going to sleep with me till I married her. So <laughs> you know that you remember hearing about the Catholic thing? Yeah, yeah that was I that was me. That. Yeah, um, you might have heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Thanks, Henry. Welcome. Yes. Keep right. coming back. And then, like, okay, so I guess it's quite dr- dramatic license with the timing, but like, I just, I just can't believe it. So it's like. Okay, girls, you know, girls sitting on my lap, mm-hmm. like ha- had a had a jousting accident, you know, almost yeah. die. Yeah. Uh, my wife has a miscarriage. Right. How can I get rid of her? Right. Like, like just like that. Boom. Next yeah. step. Like okay, step step four. Yeah. How are we going to play this one? Well, yeah, and honestly, like that was at the end of January, and. They what, didn't which, which when is? she miscarried. Okay. And they didn't start really planning her downfall until late spring. And part of it was because she had a really bad argument with Cromwell. And Cromwell started to see that his only option, that he had to do the whole nuclear option that he kind He really of thing. saw it's me or her. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, and so sometime she in pit, she March asked, or April. Well, no, I'll tell you what. It, she asked, it was, I think it was uh, April 2nd. It, she had her her almoner or her her preacher preach an incendiary sermon to the king about kings that were led astray throughout biblical history Mm. by bad advisors like like it was aimed yeah oh it was totally 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 at him totally he's like if if i want to keep my head like this chick's gotta go yeah and i think you know henry was like figure something out for me so i can marry jane or whatever and also there was the change in foreign policy and all of that and i think that um it that was in the springtime and like i said april was when they did that and then she was arrested in may so i think and apparently cromwell himself said he went back over a, a, a like a four day weekend in April, and he he had to think about what he could do after. I think it was after that sermon was preached, um, and he thought, okay, like this, it's on now. And he thought about what he could do, and he came back with a plan. And and they end up getting her on witchcraft stuff. Well, you know, they di- they got her on adultery and on incest, and said that she had used witchcraft to to um, seduce. Henry. Yeah. And also, you know, you can also tell, well, we'll talk about this as we get into it too, but how completely 
they needed to destroy anybody who had who had been part of it. And it's interesting because there were a couple of people who were arrested, like Thomas Wyatt, who weren't killed. And you see Cromwell's hand in that. And it's just, it's interesting to see that they threw in this incest. They couldn't prove incest. What are you going to do? Because a girl's with her brother a Mm -hmm. lot and they're friends. But they threw this in there to completely smear anything that was left of her. Like he, Cromwell Mm -hmm. wanted them gone. Like not just not just gone, but like gone, yeah. gone. Yeah. Like no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. George get killed? Yeah. George got killed too. It's crazy. It's all crazy. Yeah. It really is. All right. Well, all right. Is those that are it? my questions. Good times. So we'll be back in another couple of weeks with leading up to the end of season two here. Man. How many seasons? Four. All right. So we're almost halfway through. Yeah. Whew. Whew. What's going on? Put on your seatbelts. It's a bumpy ride. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Yeah, so you can Thank learn you more about us at watchingthetutors.com or my other podcast, englandcast.com. And if you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes. It's the number one way to help more people discover our show. Yay. Yay. So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.